Welcome to this series from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. Let me all just say, also just say thank you. I thanked Pastor Dwayne back in his office, but I'm so grateful to you and Jeannie for allowing me to come and be a part of this night. I look forward to Christmas Eve at Res Life. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. This is a really special night. And every year I pray, in fact, I recall earlier in the year, uh, Jane said to me, honey, do you have another idea for Christmas? She said, you gotta come up with a new idea every year. And I said, well, I'll pray and the Lord will guide. And I wanna share something with you tonight. I I shared it with myself driving over here in the car. It's like a 30 minute drive. So I practice preaching all the way here and I'm really excited. I hope I do a good job delivering what I feel the Lord has laid on my heart. Cause I'm gonna tell you the reason you do something every year, you did it this year. You can actually see it right now. We do it every year, but we don't know why we do it. I would bet 90% of you have no idea why you do something you do every Christmas and tonight you're gonna find out and I'm excited to tell you, but it's the very end, the very last thing I'm gonna tell you. (laughs) Have you ever had um, a time in your life when you just feel like, man, you weren't hearing from Jesus. Just those of you who walk with Christ, if you're here tonight and you don't know Christ, you're gonna be given that opportunity but maybe you're feeling right now like, God, I mean, God, yeah, I'm, I'm celebrating Christmas. I came here with my family tonight, but I'm really not connected to Christ. Maybe you feel that way. And for those of us who have walked with Christ a long time, I've walked with Jesus a long time. And, but, but there are times I'm just like, Lord, I don't, I don't feel it. I ain't feeling it. And I get my Bible out and I read it and I don't get chills and cold sweat. It's just like I read it and lay it back down. I'm not feeling it. And you go to church and everybody else is singing you know, that wonderful thing and everybody's raising their hands in worship and you're going, I don't feel it. I don't feel it. Well, I want you to know that just before Jesus was born, the group of people we call the Israelites, his hometown people, I want you to understand something. They had gone 400 years without hearing from God. In fact, in history, we call that period of time the 400 years of silence. If you study, if you Google, just type in 400 years of silence, you'll find out a lot about what it was like to be an Israelite. These people who had heard from God all the time, I mean, there was a dude once who took a rod and did that to water and the water parted. Are you kidding me? This guy named Daniel was thrown in a lion's den and the lions slept and didn't eat him. They saw miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. They had prophets and prophets and prophets and prophets and you read the Bible, it's nothing but prophets. And then all of a sudden, boom, silence. And the last book in the Old Testament is the book of Malachi. But Malachi wasn't the last great prophet. He prophesied in 500 BCs. After him, there was a guy named Nehemiah, though he's not after Malachi in the Bible. He actually prophesied after Malachi and Nehemiah prophesied. And when he finished, silence. Nobody heard from God for 400 years years. Hey, hey, some of y'all gone two weeks and you're like, this is a long time. (laughs) They went 400 years and people lived similar ages to what we live, 100, okay, 80 to 100. And and listen, listen, 
So these people who had seen miracle after miracle after miracle had to start telling their grandkids, well, a generation ago, there, there was this great, wonderful thing God did, but now there's just a pile of stones to kind of remind us of it. God went silent. Everything I'm telling you is on the Christian side of things, okay? On the religious side of things. I gotta take a moment and tell you what was going on in the real world, just in regular life. This is going to take you back to your fourth grade history class because there was a guy that came into power during that 400 years of silence. As soon as I say his name, you're going to be like, I know that name. You know him. Alexander the Great. You studied him in fourth grade. Alexander the Great, tutored by Aristotle, the great Greek philosopher, at the age of 16, to the age of 20, Aristotle taught him pretty much everything he knew. And then at the age of 20, ready, he became king. That's a little freaky. Donald Trump's like 90 and this guy is like 20. You imagine if we had a 20 year old president, we'd be freaking out. At the age of 20, he becomes, pre he becomes king. He was king of Asia. He was king of Macedonia. He was the Pharaoh of Egypt. He was the king of pretty much the Persian area. The dude took over at the age of 20. And listen to me, he is still known in history as the greatest warrior. He never lost one battle. L listen to me, he never lost one battle. G you guys understand this is going on during the 400 years of silence. So all of a sudden people are going, I guess we don't hear from God anymore because we got Alexander the Great. Now you, you gotta get that Alexander the Great wasn't a godly man. He was like ISIS, he didn't care. When we hear the name, we probably have actually a good thought about him, don't have good thoughts about him. He was brutal. He took over people and didn't care. And, and he ruled, you ready? He did all that stuff from the age of 20 to 32. He, he was only in power for 12 years, then he suddenly died. We don't know why, if you Google that up too, there's all kind of mystery about it. But Alexander the Great died and when he died, of course at 32, they had no succession plan. And so four of his generals got into a batter, battle, which is now called the War of the Successors. They wanted to be in charge. And four generals split up his kingdom and one named Antiochus, Antiochus became the ruler over the area that we now know belongs in the area of Bethlehem of Judea. Antiochus hated Jews. He hated the Israelites. I want you guys to imagine, see, this is where it's hard to get you into the story. I want you to imagine tonight that the res life you know, Pastor Dwayne leading all the great worship, everything we do here, Ken sitting here waiting to patiently wait a song, thinks I'm talking too long, all that stuff. <laughs> imagine that all that stuff was lost. Let's, let's just try to put yourself in this story and ISIS takes over this very facility. I, I want you to just try to imagine because this is what it was like. ISIS takes over this sanctuary of God and begins to sacrifice and hear to their God. You imagine how it would hurt you. This place is so sacred to you. Guys, you gotta get this, Antiochus, 
Listen, you guys understand that Jewish people don't eat pork, right? Antiochus took a pig into the temple, the sacrificial temple in Jerusalem, and he sacrificed a pig on the altar to his God, mocking the one true God. This dude was nasty. He changed his own name to, ready, Epiphany. Epiphany means the visible God. Jesus said, I'll be your Emmanuel, God with us. Antiochus said, I am Epiphany, I am your God. He would stand up in front of this crowd and say, worship your God. That's what he did. Can you just imagine tonight if that happened? Imagine if one year from right now, next Christmas Eve, ISIS was in control of this facility and we were out there and we knew we hadn't heard from God in a while. I'm trying to get y'all into the moment of what it would have been like to be an Israelite, to be a Joseph and Mary. And I'm trying to help you see something that I bet you've never really actually thought about before because we've read Isaiah plenty of times. We know all about that scripture, but I want you to imagine the darkness those people felt when they realized what Isaiah wrote in Isaiah chapter nine, verse two. Look at this verse coming on the screen. This is what would have been stated into the lives of all those people. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those land, living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. God, what's this, what's, what's this? For 400 years, God went silent, nothing. No, I'm not gonna do anything, zip it. And at the end of 400 years, he said, but I'm about to rock your world. I'm gonna give you this little baby named Jesus and he is going to be not a light, but he is going to be the greatest light ever born and he will be a light, watch this, that will never be put out. Move over Antiochus, move over Alexander the Great because my boy is gonna rock the world. Jesus Christ was put into the middle of the darkest, one of the darkest periods of time. And, and, and listen to me very carefully. Tonight, there is somebody here who you feel like, Dan, I'm really dark, man. You don't, you don't get it. I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm here with my family tonight or I came into town. I'm from out of town and I came into town, just happened to come along with them. But my, I feel like I'm in the middle of darkness. Great news for you. Jesus is born. He is the light that can turn your life around. And just like he did for the Israelites, he's the savior of your world. But I told you I was gonna tell you why you do something that you didn't know why you do. And this is what it is. A few hundred years later, a few hundred years after that baby was born, and we believe it happened first in, of all places, Germany. There were some ladies who started talking about that baby Jesus being born because they celebrated Christmas too. Like we're coming tonight and celebrating. We've been doing this for a couple thousand years. And there were some ladies got together and a new thing had been created. They had this new thing that had been created. It was called a candle made out of wax. And one of the ladies said, why don't we light these candles? And since Jesus came as the light of the world, you know what we ought to do? We ought to put them in our windows. If we stick them in our windows and light them, 
we'll let the people around us know that we know about a light named Jesus that was born in our world. And here on this stage tonight, they're burning all around me. And, 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 then, and then somebody said, you know what we ought to do? We ought to take likes and we ought to string them on trees. And we ought to light all this stuff around. And you know, somebody went nuts and said, you know what we ought to do? We ought to buy lights and put them on the rafters outside our house. My wife said to me this year, can we do that? And I said, no. She said, why not? I said, I love Jesus, but I don't want to die. But the reason you hang Christmas lights it's not because your great-great-grandma did it. I, I always thought I did it because my grandpa did it. My great-grandpa, my grandma. I, I thought that's why we put trees up and put lights on trees. No, we put lights on trees. We put lights on houses because Jesus was born. Amen. And he's the light of the world. There, there are atheists tonight, don't even know it, but they're lighting up their trees. <laughs> You might even not know why you lit up your tree. But you do it because Jesus was born. And tonight as you, well, what's this? Tonight as you drive home, look at the Christmas lights and start looking around going, my goodness, Jesus can still light our world. Amen. And I want you to realize in your life, he speaks into your darkness. He gives you hope. Tonight, if you don't know Jesus as Savior, can I ask you, even as we sing a little song, a little song, the light of the world, you broke into the darkness. Ken's gonna sing it because I can't sing. <laughs> as we sing that little song, it might be that in your own heart, you wanna say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I confess you as my Savior. This is how we're gonna close the service. I want you to sing this song from your heart. And here's what I want you to do. We're gonna be seated. When that song touches and resonates with your spirit, you stand up. Ken's gonna lead us. Let's sing Light of the World, You Broke Into My Darkness. Light of the world, you step down into darkness.
our sanctuary. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together. for listening to this series. For more information, call 616-534-4923 or visit us at reslife.org.